MSW Media. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by my favorite daily nutritional drink, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, and we thank them for their support. Today's show is also brought to you by Real Paper. There are no new trees cut down to make Real Paper products. You can sign up for a subscription and get 30% off your first order at realrelpaper.com slash dailybeans or use code dailybeans at checkout. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, January 20th, 2022. Happy birthday to me as the Supreme Court will not block the National Archives from handing over Trump documents to the 1-6 committee. Questions loom over missing photos of Mike Pence during the Capitol attack. The New York Attorney General files an immense document compelling the testimony of Donald Jr. and Ivanka. Smartmatic sues the pillow man. And new information is coming out about the seditious conspiracy charges. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Okay, so I feel like I'm on fire today. I feel like I'm on fire. Well, part of it is because it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, my sweet friend. Thank you so much. And you know what? It really is my fucking birthday because we get the National Archives documents. Beautiful. Last night, late night, we're on the West Coast, so it was only like 9.30 for us, but we got that incredible filing for the New York Attorney General, Tish James. And I'll be talking to the host of the Start Me Up podcast, you know her, Kimberly Johnson. Yes, am About that filing later in the show for a complete breakdown. I have been up since seven o'clock this morning. I couldn't sleep thinking about it. I penned three Twitter threads going through all of the crimes in that filing. And I'll break it down on this weekend's Mueller She Wrote as well with special guest Peter Strzok. And uh, this is just breaking, too. I just had to add this to the The 1-6 committee has subpoenaed Nick Fuentes and Patrick Casey. Fuentes and Casey reportedly received giant Bitcoin donations that are being examined by the FBI to determine whether the funds were connected to the Capitol attack. Hmm, where'd they come from? Follow the money, even if it's That's... fake money right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bitcoin's real people. I I apologize. Follow the NFTs. Doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah. If... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that uh, prospect as well, because, you know, we saw Merrick Garland testify last, you know, in, in October, November to Congress that, yeah, we are following the money and we're doing some things that are, you know, past your time because you're old. He didn't say it that rudely, <laughs> but that's what that's what Merrick Garland meant now. So, I mean, this is a huge, huge news day and I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited to, to talk about it. So if you don't mind, I would like to indulge you. Do you want to do it? All right, let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Awesome. It's like birthday gift to me. You do it. OK. <laughs> all right. I, I give you what I can all the way from L.A. <laughs> I give you what I can. <laughs> all right. With only Judge Thomas whose wife, by the way, helped fund January 6th and said in a letter that those who attacked the Capitol did nothing wrong. But only Judge Thomas dissenting, the Supreme Court has refused to block the National Archives documents from going to the 1-6 committee. The Chief Justice Roberts said, even if Trump were still president, your stupid bullshit argument would be trash. I'm paraphrasing. 
the Nixon history is important here, too. And that's the reason we have this law in the first place. Right. Trump tried it with every last breath. He tried to conceal these records. And this was an 8-1 decision. I don't think we're going to see a lot of those with this court. Yeah, no kidding. Executive privilege simply doesn't apply in this case. And Trump's case was so weak sauce. As I said, even if Trump were still president, they would still order these documents to be turned over. There was no oral argument, no briefing. As we said, as we posited, the lower court's decision nailed it thoroughly. And SCOTUS agreed, except for Clarence Thomas. I wonder why. (laughs) Dick fucking hate that guy. So when we talked about the strength of the lower court's ruling and how they quite honestly teed it up to be favorable to this particular conservative Supreme Court, we put beans on it. The court came down on the right side of this decision. Now, among the documents, hundreds of pages from, quote, multiple binders of the former press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, which is made up almost entirely of talking points and statements related to the 2020 election. And the National Archives indicated many of the files were drawn from the systems of key Trump aides, including former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Advisor Stephen Miller, and Deputy Counsel Patrick Philbin. And then Mark Meadows is the one, I mean, they're all dicks, but Mark Meadows is the one that stands out to me because this makes me think that this is, might be the last hurdle that needed to be removed in order for DOJ to indict Meadows for contempt. Because, you know, he was referred 28, 30 days ago, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his stuff is in here. He's chief of staff, so he has a better privilege claim than Bannon, although he still didn't really have one. But, you know, now it's the SCOTUS said no, and there's no privilege here. Other documents include a draft text of a presidential speech for January 6, 2021, Save America March, a handwritten list of potential or scheduled briefings and telephone calls concerning election issues. (laughs) And draft executive order concerning election integrity and uh, executive order. What was that? Was that the Insurrection Act order? I I wonder. (laughs) Well, now it's the fuck around and find out executive order. So there you go. (laughs) A draft proclamation honoring deceased Capitol Police officers Brian Sicknick and Howard Levengood and associated emails from the office of the executive clerk, which relate to the select committee's interest in the White House's response to the Capitol attack. Hmm. Should be interesting. It should be interesting. Indeed. Okay, and more from January 6th, AG. Prosecutors said in a late night court filing that Oath Keepers planning to violently subvert the 2020 election stockpiled 30 days of supplies and cache of rifles and ammunition just outside D.C. In a memo seeking the petrial detention. Sorry. Yep. (laughs) You don't even have to say anything. All you... All you said was, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm going to have to get my shit together. It's okay. All right, AG. Serious serious moments. Hmm. In a memo seeking pretrial detention of Oath Keepers Ed Vallejo, one of 11 members of the group charged last week with seditious conspiracy to violently prevent Joe Biden from taking office, the prosecutors provided new details about the weapons stockpile Oath Keepers had assembled at a, at a Comfort Inn in nearby Arlington, Virginia. Comfort Inn. I mean, I've never stayed in a Comfort Inn, but apparently that's where you stockpile. Yeah, I mean, and I I have in my head now just like brilliant potential Saturday Night Live commercials for Comfort Inn. Do you know 100%. what I mean? Oh, yeah. They should air right after the Four Seasons landscaping. <laughs> okay. Three, uh, and this is a quote, quick reaction force teams set up at the hotel prepared to ferry weapons into Washington to support the effort to prevent Congress from finalizing Biden's victory. Now, but the cachet became, quote, unnecessary, prosecutors said, because the Oath Keepers at the Capitol, using the force of the pro-Trump mob that stormed the building, 
were able to get inside without additional support. I guess when you have 10,000 people knocking down windows and doors, you don't need a cache of weapons. The most salient details in the new memo describe the planning and stockpiling of weapons at the Comfort Inn. Among them, prosecutors say were at least three luggage carts, three luggage carts worth of gun boxes, rifle cases, and suitcases filled with ammunition. Don't you have like a fucking metal detector or something at the Comfort Inn? You would think. You would think. Continued on in a quote, a second QRF team from North Carolina consisted of four men who kept their rifles ready to go in a vehicle parked in the hotel lot. That's according to the Justice Department. Went on to say later Vallejo and other members of the Arizona QRF team wheeled in bags and large bins of weapons, ammunition, and essential supplies to last 30 days. Prosecutors say that some of the Oath Keepers breached the Capitol. Vallejo, quote, attempted but failed to launch a drone with a 720p cam for recon use. Capitol Police officials have in recent days described efforts to protect the Capitol against unauthorized drones. I wonder why. Mm. Prosecutor Vallejo is too dangerous to be released pending trial, noting that he continued to profess support for the violent attack on the Capitol even last month, just days before his arrest. Now, Vallejo is slated to face a magistrate judge today, that's Thursday afternoon, to determine whether he will be released pending trial. So I don't think there's they will. more coming out of there. Yeah. And uh, there's also the Stuart Rhodes hearing today as well, Thursday. And it would be a wonderful birthday present, Mr. Andor and Mrs. Magistrate Judge, to <laughs> remand them without bail. That'd be beautiful. And from Daily Costs, somewhere out there, somewhere out there is a photo of the former vice president, Mike Pence, taken by White House photographer on January 6th. It reportedly depicts him hiding in a barren garage during the attack on the U.S. Capitol. But when the January 6th defendant recently, one of the defendants recently asked the government to produce that photo to help in his defense, he was saying that photo is exculpatory for me. And if you don't hand it over, you're violating Brady rules. So he asked for that photo. Prosecutors said they didn't have it. Huh. The response has ignited some curiosity about the photos and sparks questions about, first of all, why the fuck doesn't the FBI have it? (laughs) Uh, But also about why Pence refused to allow their publication. He blocked it. And moreover, who exactly may hold the photos today? I think it's the National Archives, but I don't have any. That's just a guess. Pure guess. To start at the beginning, late August, the January 6th committee filed its initial request to the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, for presidential records tied to the insurrection. Among its inquiry, the committee specifically asked for archives for all photographs, videos, or other media, including any digital timestamps for such media, taken or recorded within the White House on January 6, 2021, or taken of the crowd assembled for the rally the morning of January 6th, and all communication and other documents related to that media. Moreover, the committee specifically requested, quote, all photographs, video, or other media, including digital timestamps for such media of Mike Pence and any individuals accompanying him on January 6th, specifically photos of Mike Pence and individuals accompanying him. Hmm. Then in November, journalist Jonathan Carl released his book Betrayal about the final days of the Trump administration. And in its pages, he described having seen a photograph of Pence taken by an official White House photographer. The image reportedly depicts Pence Second Lady Karen Pence, their daughter Charlotte Pence Bond, and a few of Pence's staff members taking refuge during the Capitol attack. And thanks to the quick help of Secret Service agents who whisked them away from danger. Isn't it interesting that they got whisked away during the Capitol attack, but the president of the United States 
was not whisked away to safety mm-hmm. during that same attack. Huh. Makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. Quote, the photos show Pence in a barren garage. There were no windows and no furniture. This was a loading dock with concrete walls and a concrete floor. That's in Carl's book. When Carl appeared on The Late Show with Colbert, he reiterated what he observed, describing Pence in a photo as standing in a loading dock in an underground parking garage beneath the Capitol complex. No place to sit, no desk, no chairs, nothing. This is the vice president of the United States, and he's holed up in a basement. The journalist's request to publish the pictures was denied by Pence through a spokesperson. Pence has never denied publicly that the photographs exist. Talk of the photos resurfaced on January 4th, 2022, when Cooey Griffin, founder of Cowboys for Trump, asked a federal judge to compel the government to produce the photos to assist in his defense. Prosecutors charged Griffin, who, by the way, is also a commissioner for Otero County in New Mexico, with two misdemeanors for breaching the Capitol. Griffin maintains he never entered the Capitol building unlawfully, but went to peacefully protest and was effectively swept up into a prohibited area. (laughs) He and his accompanying videographer, Matt Strzok, saw an open door at the top of the stairs on the Capitol's outer deck and went through it. Griffin then faced the crowd, grabbed a bullhorn, addressed those around him, and began leading a group in prayer. In a Facebook video, I've never heard the prayer, fucking hang Mike Pence. I've never heard that prayer before. Um, I don't know. Maybe he did lead him in a prayer. I think it's five Hail Marys. (laughs) Hail Marys and a hang Mike Pence. That's right. (laughs) Okay, we have an episode. I think we have an episode title. (laughs) Hail Marys and a hang Mike Pence. In a Facebook video for Cowboys for Trump, that has since been deleted, authorities say Griffin was heard saying in the clip that he climbed to the top of the Capitol for a first row seat. He was there for over an hour. That same video has Griffin expressing desire to return to the Capitol for the inauguration of Joe Biden, saying, quote, you want to say that was a mob? You want to say that was violence? No, sir. No, ma'am. No, we could have a Second Amendment rally on those same steps that we had that rally yesterday. You know, and if we do, there's going to be it's going to be a sad day because there's going to be blood running out of that building. By the end of the day, you mark my word, we will plant our flag on the desk of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Donald J. Trump if it boils down to it. Hmm. The hell does... Yeah, all right. It's confusing. Mm -hmm. Confused guy. Griffin's uh, videographer admitted to the FBI that the men may have committed, quote, minor trespassing (laughs) on January 6th. So Griffin had a bench trial before Judge Trevor McFadden. This is a Trump appointee in Washington, D.C. on March 21st. He insists the government can only keep its case against him if it can prove that he entered and remained in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds while Pence was present. For some reason, that makes a difference. Quote, if such photographs exist, that constitutes Brady material. If the journalist's description of the images is accurate, the former vice president left the Capitol building, passed through the subterranean tunnel network and entered the Senate underground garage. That's Griffin arguing a motion on January 4th. That garage is not part of the structure of the Capitol building. It lies between the Capitol building and the Russell Senate office building underneath the Senate foundation. So he's saying if Pence wasn't in the building, he wasn't there to, I don't know. (laughs) It's very confusing. The government responded Tuesday telling Griffin that Brady material is defined as material that's in the government's possession that has exculpatory value. Quote, the photographs requested by the defendant from the official White House photographer are not in the government's possession. Government's possession. Therefore, they are not considered Brady and the defendant cannot move to compel their production. And when they say the government, I think they mean the Department of Justice prosecutor's government, not the entire government. Right. But I'm not sure. They continue saying, similarly, the defendant's request for these photographs under federal rules for criminal procedure 16A1E should be denied as rule 16 only requires the government to disclose photographs within its possession. That's Matthew Graves, U.S. Attorney, D.C. 
Graves rejected Griffin's contention altogether, too, saying that even if under Griffin's proposed context, the Capitol grounds are still prohibited from trespassing, whether Pence was there or not. (laughs) Andrew Laufer, friend, our friend and civil rights attorney, spelled it out for Daily Cost in an email Tuesday. The government is required to disclose all exculpatory evidence, things which will assist the defendant with his defense. If the judge determines that the photo of Pence meets that criteria, an order will be issued compelling the Department of Justice to produce it. So this begs a series of questions, right? Do prosecutors have the photo and have they opted not to share it with Griffin because they're purportedly irrelevant? Or would a court order change what prosecutors say? Or do prosecutors genuinely not have the photo? If not, who has them? Is it the National Archives? Seems so, since when the January 6th committee requested the National Archives, they asked for all pictures of Mike Pence. As noted, the January 6th committee asked the archives to remit such stuff, but the exact nature of what has been shared with the committee is not yet clear and a legal fight is still being waged. And Dana, you remember my reporting back in the day about Pence being forced into that garage because yes. none of their badges worked. Yep. So Yeah, they might have a choice. We'll see what happens, but this could support that story. The National Archives are handing over those documents to the 1-6 committee. And this isn't something that will be kept from the public. This will be part of the public presentation. Right. I, I can almost guarantee it. Awesome. All right. I'd like to add another lawsuit to Mike Lindell's count on this last Ooh. story. Yes, a voting machine company, Smartmatic. They filed a defamation lawsuit against MyPillow and its CEO, Mike Lindell, Tuesday for spreading false conspiracy theories about election fraud involving the company's machines. The latest in a string of defamation suits Smartmatic and rival company Dominion Voting Systems have brought to counter the baseless claims. So Smartmatic sued Lindell and MyPillow in federal courts for defamation and deceptive trade practices, alleging the CEO, quote, intentionally stoked the fires of xenophobia and party divide for the noble purpose of selling his pillows. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. There's no evidence of any widespread fraud involving Smartmatic's machines, which were only used in Los Angeles County, California, in the 2020 election. So just, just one place. Just one place. The Smartmatic alleged that because of Lindell's claims, the company's valuation has gone from being in excess of 3.0, Jesus, in excess of $3 billion before the 2020 election to less than a billion now. So they're saying it dropped $2 billion because of Mike Lindell. Now, Smartmatic is asking for an unspecified amount in monetary damages and attorney's fees. I would go with $2 billion if I was them, but whatever. As well as for an order that would require Lindell and my pillow to retract their false statements and implications fully and completely. So, Smartmatic's lawsuit against Lindell and my pillow follows separate litigation the company has already brought against attorneys Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, Fox News and far right news networks, Newsmax and One American News, OANN, OANN, geez, now Dominion, whose machines have been the primary focus of the right, the far right conspiracy theories. They sued Lindell and MyPillow in February, similarly alleging that the CEO sells the lie about Dominion because the lie sells pillows. <laughs> I don't even know why you got to drag the pillows into this. I know, poor <laughs> pillows. I know. the company. Has anyone ever, I mean, have any of our listeners before all of this shit ever purchased a MyPillow pillow? I would love to know if they're comfortable. Okay. I, he- I hear they're terrible. Yeah, they probably feel like fraud and... <laughs> They're made of bridge trolls and treason. Well, this feels a lot like treason when I sleep. The company has also filed suit against Powell, Giuliani, Fox News, former Overstock CEO Patrick Byrne, Newsmax, OANN, and several of its anchors. Now that litigation is still pending, and Lindell, Powell, Giuliani's motions to dismiss the lawsuits against them 
all failed in August. <laughs> all failed, people. Every single one of them. Oh, these fuckers are so fucked, you know, and they're going through uh, sanctions, looking at disbarment. She's under investigation, Powell and Rudy and all them and Lynn under investigation in, in uh, D.C. They have a special grand jury there just for them. Uh, well, and Bannon and Meadows and whatnot. But this is so, so things are I mean, I, I got to tell you, I've felt edged by justice for the last four years or so. Absolutely. And I feel like we actually may be getting somewhere now. It feels um, like that. I don't want to get too optimistic, but every time new, another news story comes out or, you know, Letitia James tweets basically like, we have evidence and neither Don Jr., Ivanka, <laughs> or Donald are going to be able to keep us from that. And they're all in a lot of fuck ton of trouble. I mean, when that's a Twitter feed from, you know, Letitia James, it, it feels like a good day and a promising moment. Yeah. And we do know it's Ivanka. We do know. And, and we've got that. We've got Fulton County DA who's going to make a charging decision in the next six months to a year. We've got Matt Gates on the precipice of going to prison. We've got, you know, like you said, the, the and then there's the Manhattan DA who's doing the criminal investigation into what uh, Letitia James put out uh, last night. Uh, then the 1-6 committee is getting the National Archives. It could include photos of Pence. That could back up my story about the badges. That would be hugely explosive. And as Jamie Raskin said, would blow the roof off the joint. In his words, I am just that it, it does feel like 2022 is maybe not the year of accountability, but the year of truth. And perhaps 2023 would be the year of accountability. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. There's so many people on the, the precipice of being fucked. Did yeah. you see Matt Gates was like Capitol Hill Club? I'm not going to eat there anymore. Did you see George Hahn's video making fun of Matt Gates? <laughs> yes. With the tape on his nose. <laughs> it was <amazing>. for me. <laughs> oh my God. And I do want to apologize to our listener. I know it makes your skin crawl when we say Ivanka. And so I just, Ivanka. So just to relax your skin, I'm quite aware. But yes, oh, if you can look on Twitter and go to George Hahn's Twitter account, he has a piece of tape taping his nose to his forehead. <laughs> and his hair is very high. And he really does look a little like Matt Gates. It's pretty funny. I hate it when I'm not the dick. I want to be the dick. I don't want people to be dicks to me. And Because <laughs> for me... So oh good. God, he's so fantastic. He really is. All right. That is a huge, giant news block. Wonderful news for my birthday. We'll be right back with the host of the Start Me Up podcast, Kimberly Johnson. We're going to discuss this beast of a court filing submitted by Letitia James that has sent shockwaves through Donald and his crotch goblins. You love to see it. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right Hey, everybody, it's AG, and we want to thank Athletic Greens for supporting this show. This is absolutely the coolest stuff ever. Athletic Greens is a category-leading superfood product. It provides comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition. One delicious scoop of AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, probiotics, a green superfood blend, and more. I love the convenience and simplicity of Athletic Greens. It makes it so easy to work into my routine. I just take it first thing in the morning. I have it. It's delicious. Uh, and it gives me energy right before my workout. Um, and it keeps my immune system boosted all day. With one scoop of AG1, I can replace multiple products and pills with one delicious healthy beverage. And it fits with keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and vegan lifestyles. AG1 has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial ingredients. And you know I'm an intermittent faster and I'm paleo, so I have gaps in my nutrition. And AG1 helps fill those gaps. Plus, it tastes fantastic. Athletic Greens is a small habit you can do every day that will have a huge positive benefit for your self-care. 
Lots of people take some kind of multivitamin, but it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will easily absorb. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science. Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune supporting free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit athleticgreens.com slash daily beans today. Again, just simply visit athleticgreens.com slash daily beans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. You'll love it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am happy to be joined by the host of the Start Me Up podcast and author Kimberly Johnson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> wow. So I'm, <laughs> I'm West Coast. Yes. Okay, I'm West Coast. And so nine thirty last night or something like that, <laughs> uh, which was like midnight on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. New York Attorney General Tish James drops. I don't even know how to describe uh, the document because normally, and I put this out on Twitter, like, okay, normally when I get a document like this or I get some sort of court filing like this, I go through, mm-hmm. I read through all the sort of filler and take screenshots of the important couple of parts and put a little four tweet thread together about the yeah. standout parts of this particular thing. This thing is fucking wall to wall. Like I was like, I just tweeted like, I can't do a screenshot of the standout moments. They're all standout moments. Just read it. So I actually yeah. got up early this morning. I, I didn't sleep well. I was just was running through my head all night. Right. And I get up this morning and I start a thread. And and by the time I get to to tweet 20, I'm only on page 17 of 115 page filing. So I'm like, all right, this is going to take multiple threads. So I, then I did, I had an interview and then I did thread two, which is another 20 tweets. And I got me to like page 35 or something. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to get through yeah. this because in the industry, as a comedian, we call that all killer, no filler, right? Wow. It's just yeah. back to back punchlines and applause breaks, but instead of jokes, it's crimes. So I was right. wondering, have you read through this entire thing? And what are your top line thoughts on it? Well, basically I read through the thing that you had posted that link that did, I mean, I guess you're talking about the same thing, but it's, it's all, yeah, it's all those different crimes. And I basically just, I skimmed it. I didn't read every single detail, but holy crap. I, I it was so funny because I happened upon this last night, right before I went to bed. And, and I was like, you know, I had to, of course, quote tweet it with the fire because, oh my God, she's just bringing it. And I'm so grateful to see that this is happening. My, my takeaway though, is I think a little bit on a broader scale. And I just, I think that especially, you know, those three names, Ivanka, Don Jr. and dad must be shitting their pants. I can only imagine. I'm sure, I'm sure there is a sense of we're going to be able to get our way out of this because we've gotten our way out of everything, but there are so many different things that there, uh, I mean, there are so many different crimes, as you said, it's so much, it's overwhelming that they've got to be aware that some of it's going to stick because they haven't gotten away with everything. They've had, you know, their, their charity shut down. So they have been held accountable to a degree at some time. Obviously they've gotten away with the, seems like what we would consider the bigger stuff so far, but I would assume that especially Ivanka, because I think she's the smartest of all of them, not to say that I think she's so smart, but I think she's the smartest of all of them. I think she's probably quite nervous right now and she should be. And it gives me a little bit of delight. <laughs> yeah, right. And and she's mentioned quite a few times in these documents with like, you know, she was offered to buy an apartment at Trump Park Avenue for 8.5 million, but they valued it, you know, when they send out their 
annual financial statements to say what he's worth to, you know, to get lenders to lend to him. Mm-hmm. They said that that apartment was worth 30 million, you know, or yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Three and four times, sometimes six times the actual value. And they have mm-hmm. documents and evidence and testimony from quite a few people to back all this up. <sighs> now, I think I've read a couple of tweets where it seems like they still like they might not have intent from Junior, Ivanka, Eric, mm-hmm. and Donald, or at least from Donald, Ivanka, and Junior. And that's why they need them to testify. Hmm. But I didn't really get that feeling there. You know, they say Junior has the authority over numerous financial statements. And so he mm-hmm. should be compelled to testify. Mm-hmm. Ivanka, same thing. Donald, same thing. And I don't really, you know, see any uh, thing in here that sort of says, the reason I need them to testify is because I still don't have enough proof. Now, yeah. she doesn't need criminal proof. She's not. This is a civil suit. Yeah. So I don't quite I can't quite put those two things together. And I'll take a second pass at that, you know, at that beginning, at those opening statements about why, you know, she's she's compelling the testimony of, of these three. She already got Eric Trump's, who, by the way, invoked the fifth over 500 times because <laughs> <laughs> oh he's not guilty or anything <laughs> no and then like you know even if even if you do compel trump and ivanka and jr to testify they're going to invoke the fifth and so are you still going to even be able to find intent they're going to have to be able to prove this at least in the manhattan district attorney's office they're going to have to be able to prove these crimes without the assistance of trump and his adult children do you know what i mean yeah, right yeah yes and i'm looking right now at your I can't read your threads as as we're doing the show, but I'm looking at them and it's like, holy shit, there is just so much here. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially in light of, you know, I mean, this is not Merrick Garland. This is obviously New York. But perhaps if we start seeing some real accountability in this particular case, the case of all these crimes, I'm hoping that, I mean, again, because it's not Merrick Garland and I know that, but I'm hoping that if some of these crimes, if, if the Trumps are held accountable for some of this, because I don't know everything, but at least some of it, maybe some people out there might start having a little tiny bit more faith in, in the process. Mm-hmm. Because I think, we, you know, I talked about this last time I was on your show. There is all this talk about, well, if Merrick Garland doesn't do A, B, and C in 2022, the Democrats are going to lose. And I honestly, sincerely do not believe that this whole election hinges on what Garland does. He's not our freaking Superman. Mm-hmm. He's a part of the equation. And as you said, and as I've said, it could very well be that, you know, in February of 2023, we get the January 6th indictments that the world, what we're all looking for. And, you know, again, if we don't get this, if we don't, if we don't win, if Democrats don't win in 2022 and Republicans do get the majority of power and then seize power again in 2024, none of this is going to matter because everybody will be pardoned. Yeah. Yeah. So like, why are you even, you know, you know, I even take that a step further. Like, yeah, the one six committee is important, but why is everybody so hung up on the fact that they're not subpoenaing members of Congress? Like, I'm like, who gives a fuck? It's If they subpoena them, they're not going to help. And then they can hold him in contempt. And if the DOJ doesn't indict a member of Congress because of the speech or debate clause, that will weaken the congressional test, the, the, the strength of a congressional subpoena. Mm. And if they do indict him, what, the next year we'll have a, a one week trial to see if we can get him 30 days in jail for not showing right. up? Like, who, right. who gives a 
fuck. That's and true. they're not going to yes. help anyway. They don't need them. The whole purpose of the January 6th committee is to build the story and put the truth mm-hmm. out there. You're not going to get any help from these assholes, these recalcitrant witnesses. So fuck them. What I want to see is the <laughs> Department of Justice subpoena these assholes, because yeah. then if they don't show up to a grand jury testimony, that's civil contempt. And then they can be put in jail like Karen McDougal was for 18 months back in Whitewater. Wow. And a little stronger. And it shouldn't be right. A congressional subpoena shouldn't have less weight than a, than a civil contempt, mm-hmm. a grand jury subpoena. But it kind of does uh, just mm-hmm. by the nature of it right now. And, you know, or otherwise use your inherent contempt and go grab these guys and lock them up until they testify to Congress, but you're still not going to get anything useful that is needed right. for what we are going for, which is those weeks of public hearings, you know? Yes. So anyway. Yes. And yeah. And just, I just want to throw it out there too, that I can, I haven't seen anybody say this, but I can imagine that there might be some critics out there that would say, you know, why isn't Merrick Garland doing what Letitia James is doing? Because, because, Merrick Garland is still building a case. I think the DOJ would still be building a case. They're still putting things together. She's got all this stuff. She's already, I don't mean, I don't know exactly how far is she she ready to take these people to court. It's not at that point yet, but she's got all the ducks in the row. I think the Garland and DOJ are assembling the ducks. Yeah. And and lack of a better way to say it. And not only that, but she's civil and Garland is criminal. Right, exactly. And and she actually explains in this 115-page fucking thing that I've been going through with a fine-tooth comb that, hey, look, it's because the Trumps mouthed off and filed a fucking thing saying that I'm doing this for political reasons that I feel I need to show the court where I'm at and the progress with this investigation. So I've picked seven things, <laughs> only seven, that are sort of publicly known already so I can tell you about them. Mm-hmm without jeopardizing the investigation. Right. I'm going to yes. tell you about these seven things to give you a little bit of a progress report, but this isn't everything I'm investigating. Here's just seven things so I can, you know, use that as fuel for why I need to have the testimony. And and Kimberly actually it actually says here, the knowledge and actions of Trump's agents and attorneys can be imputed to Mr. Trump himself. Wow. But Trump's actual knowledge of and intention to make numerous misstatements and omissions made by him or on his behalf are essential components to resolving, you know, my investigation in an appropriate and just manner. Likewise, mm-hmm. Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump worked as agents of Mr. Trump, acted on their behalves, on their own behalves, and supervised others in connection with the transaction. So their testimony is necessary for appropriate resolution of this investigation. Hmm. So I don't know if she's saying I, I can't I can't close this out without talking to them or I have to talk to them because they have to be able to give their side of the story because, you know, oh, right. Yeah. She doesn't really kind of does not. It's sort of unclear. But regardless, it, it's there are things that <laughs> that we didn't know. Yes. Yes. Well, I have a question for you because you posted that tweet that just said I started to go through the this whole thing and I, there was just too many things to take screenshots. So. Neil Rogers came on and said, please pardon a stupid question. If he, they committed crimes, why is this being pursued as a civil case? And you said the the NYAG does civil, Manhattan DA does criminal. They are working together and sharing their info. So I'm just curious, with, with this information, with the fact that they're sharing their info, how does that relate to what's, what does the Manhattan DA relate to, to what what's happening with James? Well, I imagine because the Manhattan DA was able to secure all the Mazar's documents. Okay, right. Right. 
and the Deutsche Bank documents. Yes. And okay. and all that. Oh, that that's yeah. like he's like, here you go, Tish James. Here's here's this. Now, can Tish James, you know, whatever Eric Trump already testified and whatever he testifies to can be used against him criminally. So that deposition was sent down to uh, the Manhattan DA, I'm sure. However, if you plead the fifth, that cannot be used against you in a in, in a criminal trial, because otherwise, what the fuck is the point of the fifth? If it doesn't criminally right. incriminate, if you, you know, if you have a right to to not self-incriminate, mm-hmm. you, you can't use it to incriminate somebody. It can be used to show you're a piece of shit in a civil case, though. <laughs> and so, so, so while those, you know, 500 plus invocations of the Fifth Amendment are meaningless to Bragg now, who's the Manhattan mm-hmm. district attorney, they're very meaningful to, to Tish James. And so would mm. be any testimony wow. from Trump Jr. and Ivanka pleading the fifth, because then you could say, oh, well, she can say, Ivanka, if you pled the fifth to being offered an apartment for $8.5 million that your dad valued at $30 million for the banks, that means that you're saying you would criminally, you know, that would be bad for you. Yeah. It would incriminate you. So, <laughs> right. so that is kind of like evidence yes. of interest. <laughs> That's and <so> you can, cool. <laughs> you can use that in a civil case, right? You can't yes, do that yes, in a criminal yes. case. And so that's why I think people are like, this is good for the civil case. Mm-hmm. But to show intent, to prove that intent, you're mm-hmm. going to need more than just because you can't you can't use the invocation of the Fifth Amendment against somebody in the criminal case. But mm-hmm. I do see clearly superseding indictments for Weisselberg and the Trump organization wow. coming out of what is just in this front facing document. Wow. Oh, my God. It feels I, you know, it does feel good because, as we all know, ever since Trump went down that escalator, mm-hmm. we've just been living in a shit show. And some days are good and some days are bad. These are these are the better days because there's something to hope for. And again, I'm going to go back to if we start seeing real movement in these two cases in the criminal and civil in New York, I think people will start having a little bit more faith in the system and there will be a maybe like three or four fewer Eeyores, <laughs> but only three or four. <laughs> Perhaps. And, and, and you know, that brings me to one final point I want to make. The, the, the Internal Revenue Service and the Fed's federal government problems are, are mentioned, I think, 18 times in this document, mm-hmm. wow. much like Vance mentioned the federal government and the IRS 30 times in his Weisselberg Trump org indictment. So where are the feds investigating this? Are they? Yeah. What do they have? Is the Southern yeah. District of New York is Eastern District of, you know, like, are they looking into this? And and where are those potential charges? Yeah. It's just you don't normally mention, by the way, also, this is, uh, you know, they fucked over the IRS because you don't care if you're state. Right. 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 So it's just it's interesting that 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 happened not only way last in last July, with mm-hmm. the Weisselberg Trump org indictment, but here again, and we still haven't heard anything from the feds. Yeah. But I can't imagine they're not working together. Yeah. But who who knows what's happening? So hopefully, <laughs> maybe this could cause us to see some federal DOJ movement for some of these crimes. But, you know, we also have the obstruction of justice stuff. We have the mm-hmm. hush money payment stuff. We've got mm-hmm. the entire January 6th thing. There's so many. And there's also Georgia. Yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, the the whole seven state conspiracy, Georgia, yeah, and Fulton County DA. There Mm -hmm. are so many avenues here, and somebody just needs to take that first step and open the floodgates, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, there's definitely, it's definitely going to affect the way the public sees it. And then 
it's, it might be like you say, like a ripple effect and let here's hoping maybe once those floodgates open, it just, whoo, boy, wouldn't that be great? But, you know, I'm going to go back to, we need to pass these voting rights bills because no matter what happens, if we have to have more Democrats in, in the Senate and in the house. Yeah. None of this matters if we don't pass voting rights. None. Yeah. The justice doesn't matter if there's not a democracy. Yes, exactly. So, which is you know. scary. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down here in the weeds looking at this justice shit, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's this umbrella <laughs> yes. of a of a teetering. Do- I think somebody tweeted like, everything is just so normal now. Like I'm like, oh yeah, the democracy is about to end. That'll happen to empires. I need a new dog hat. You know. <laughs> yeah, <for> my- right. <laughs> yeah, it's all very unnerving. It really is. But I think there this is a positive thing because. One of the things that clearly happens, just in a psych, like psychologically speaking, when when there's a little bit of hope, there's a lot more hope. When everybody feels down, you just keep like assuming the worst and taking negative, you know, taking on a negative assumption about what's going to happen. And as soon as you start to get a little bit of movement in a positive direction, or at least what we all perceive to be positive, it's it's contagious and it starts to grow. Yeah, it definitely snowballs. There is mm-hmm. a, 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 a synergistic effect, if I can use an old corporate. <laughs> fucking, we're going to see a paradigm shift in the synergy. Of, uh, uh, but, you know, it, it does. It, it snowballs, just like depression mm-hmm. does. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, you'll be like, oh, that guy said no to me for a, when I asked him out on a date. And then you remember yeah. everyone who said no yes. to us in seventh grade. <laughs> and you're like the giantest piece of shit on the planet. Right. <laughs> yes, that rabbit hole of self-pity or rabbit hole of negativity. So Shame absolutely. Spiral. <laughs> and we've been going through that because, again, since he came down the escalator, there, you know, obviously, initially, there were a bunch of us that just saw. I remember when he did the uh, when that tape came out talking about grabbing pussy. I called my boyfriend who was visiting. I was at the time in California. He was visiting his parents back east. And I was like, oh, Trump is toast. You know, this is it. He's over. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we got him. Yeah, remember, that, we got yeah, him. Yeah, that didn't happen. And and then it, and then it's been that spiral ever since, because obviously just the events that have happened since he I don't want to say one, but, you know, got help from the Russians and all of was that. Installed. Was installed. Yeah. I, yeah. I usually say that he's installed. But yeah, so and and we we win some and we lose some. And it really did feel good. We had that march. We had the pussy hat march. And then we had the um, I know, but I can't help it. And then we had 2018. That was awesome because we saw all these Americans say, you know, fuck you, Donald Trump. We're going to we're going to overwhelm. We're going to overwhelm the polls. And we did. And that was great. And we did do a good job in 2020. We could have done better, but we did a pretty good job. So we just we just need some hope. Mm. We need a little bit of hope. And I think this was definitely the beginning of something very hopeful. This and you know what? You know what I think? Mm. Little little Maddie Matt Gates milkshake. Matt oh yeah, indictment <laughs> would go a long way. Yes, it would. I think it would go a long way. Yes, and we just learned that his girlfriend. God, what is it called? Uh, I, what is the word that is a, immunity? Immunity. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So it was funny. I was looking at people saying, "What does that mean? You know, why would she get immunity?" Well, I guess she saw all kinds of shit, and now she can talk about it, so she won't get in trouble we'll, for it. We'll call it turd immunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yes, it would be absolutely 
just so thrilling to watch <laughs> Matt Gates go through some stuff. <laughs> He's about to. He's about yeah. to. Yeah. And I mean, this seems pretty slam dunk. I mean, she was on a three-way call of him obstructing justice and intimidating a witness. And wow. she... Her lawyer was a good lawyer. Her lawyer yes. was like, I'm we're not telling you shit unless you give us immunity. And finally they did. She came in and said, yeah, she had a recording of it. Wow. Yeah. And also testified that the you know, about the sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, she's a credible witness because mm-hmm. and that's what they needed. Right. Because mm-hmm. nobody's going to believe Joel fucking Greenberg. Right? Piece of shit that guy is. <laughs> so you got to get somebody credible in there to be like, yeah, um, we totally mean girls three way called and I have all the receipts. <laughs> so it's it can't they can't be far. I, I don't think they, they're too far from an indictment. But we'll what, see. what would you guess with timeline on that? Do you have any idea what could possibly be? I thought before the end of this month, honestly. Wow, that would be so cool. Oh my God. We're, now, ugh. and I have an outside day too, because, you know, they they moved Joel Greenberg's sentencing again back to March, right? Mm-hmm. This March. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they would need to, and they said, this is the last time we're going to move this back. Wow. And that was in November. Yeah. So they kind of had a good idea. They they just needed, I think they needed the additional time to secure the deal mm-hmm. to try to either pressure that ex-girlfriend to flip but finally gave in and gave her immunity. Mm-hmm. I think she might have been the last piece of the puzzle. And so you don't want to sentence Joel Greenberg until you nab Matt Gates. Yeah. So uh, anytime <laughs> between now and March. Oh my God. <laughs> That's just goody goody two shoes. <laughs> or goody goody gumdrops. I'm sorry. But Not remember, I am a hope porn peddler. You are. You so, are hope porn. You know. It's all it's all you're doing is just hope porn. <laughs> And I love I, I love porn, somebody but... said about you that you were a grifter because you were a podcaster and you had a Patreon. Well then hello, color me a grifter. Hello, it's a fucking it's a podcast that we put out for free. And at least I do. I don't I, I know that you might have a paid for, but in my case, I have a fucking and I've been called a grifter as well. It's like most of my shows are free. And the whole idea is I'm doing a service. And if you want to listen to it, you can choose to support it or not. And you get it either way. (laughs) But just when people don't like what you're saying, they immediately go to grifter. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a a break even enterprise. So I just pay my people a shitload of money and give everybody health benefits and bonuses and (laughs) profit sharing. And and so like, I, you know, it's, it's, it might be a bigger paycheck, but it's still paycheck to paycheck. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And we all have to fucking make money. You're doing, you're putting your time into this. It is just a pet peeve of mine. You know, it's like, I know it's my job. Like it's not a legit job to do this every day. Yeah. You should do it for free and not get any money. You piece of yeah, shit. Yeah. They say yeah. that to Jen Kirkman all the time, the comedian. It's like, you Ugh, know, I, I know her. me too. She's great, but it's like, no, she's, she's a person who's putting out a product. And of course they would not put up a, a product and expect, you know, just to give it away. Oh, it just bugs me. But people mm. are stupid. So what are you going to yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. And my, you know, my, my response is always like, oh yeah, how's your podcast mm-hmm. doing? That's, <laughs> that's my response. I don't have one. You're like, oh, it's too bad for you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I do. <laughs> this is my job. Hey, I tried to work at the government for 12 yeah. years and I was fucking removed right. by the former guy for having a podcast. Wow. So got to make a living. Wow. All right. Well, I think that what's rad is that you have a podcast called Start Me Up and I'm going to be on yours. Yes, you are. Very yes, soon. you are. Woo-hoo. And I love that you say rad. I love that you, I love that. So, <laughs> hey, it's, I'm, it's my 48th birthday today. We say rad. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. 
I thank you. <laughs> and I appreciate your time today. And uh, everybody check out the Start Me Up podcast. You will not be sorry. Kimberly Johnson, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. Every day, approximately tens of thousands of trees are cut down to make products that are just discarded or flushed down toilets, put in the trash can. They just end up in landfills, which are already overflowing. And our forests are very important. They remove nearly a quarter of the carbon that we emit into the atmosphere. They save our lives. Thereby, they help combat climate change. And using real paper products can help. Real paper reduces deforestation and waste generated by single-use plastics. To make its toilet paper and paper towels, real paper uses non-virgin tree fibers, so no trees are cut down to make the products. With real, the health of the planet is preserved without compromising quality. And that's an important small change that you can make. With real paper, we've already eliminated more than 250,000 pieces of single-use plastic. You'll be contributing to clean sanitation programs around the world when you purchase real paper. That's amazing. Using real paper products, I can feel comfortable about contributing to saving the planet rather than destroying it because it's sustainable and it helps people around the globe. Purchasing real paper is simple. It's hassle-free. You can do it on their website. You can do either a subscription or a one-time purchase and all orders are delivered to your door in 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging. I love my products. The toilet paper is awesome. It's like my favorite toilet paper. I'm never going to switch back to anything. Uh, and I'm, I'm helping the planet. So if you head to realpaper.com slash dailybeans and sign up for a subscription using my code dailybeans at checkout, dailybeans is all one word, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order. That's realpaper, R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash dailybeans or enter promo code dailybeans to get 30% off your first order. Real paper is toilet paper and paper towels that change lives. And today's show is also brought to you by Helix Sleep. Are you ever more tired in the morning than when you went to bed? What is that about? For our health and well-being, we need a good night's sleep. Sleeping is my favorite thing. And sleeping poorly all night left me drowsy and tired during the day. And I couldn't figure out if it was anxiety or politics or what. But as it turns out, I was sleeping on a mattress that was made for someone else. But then I took Helix Sleep's online sleep quiz and realized I had the wrong mattress for my sleep style. So go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans to take the quiz. And it, your Helix mattress will be tailored to your sleep preferences. Whether it's soft, medium, or firm mattresses or ones that regulate your body temperature, uh, they have ones for spinal alignment and Helix Plus where plus size sleepers is available. And the Helix Midnight was my match because I sleep on my side and I like a medium for a mattress. So it's perfect for me. And now I wake up refreshed and energized. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews and was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 19, uh, 2019 and <laughs> of 1919. That's how long they've been around. No, they've been the number one mattress pick for 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine recommend Helix to improve your sleep. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free. And they have financing options available and flexible payment plans. So it's really easy to do. And Helix is offering right now up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. So if you're sleeping on a MyPillow, you just got to get, you know, helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Get $200 off your mattress order and two free pillows. Again, helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, as if we needed more good news, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, anything, National Archives, if you want to send us anything, you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Uh, I'm going to kick us off with um, a submission from Elizabeth, pronouns she and her. Elizabeth says, I fucking love each of you. Allison, you've been so rocking for almost four years now. Dana, your laugh is contagious. Amy, I was Shira for Halloween when I was like five in the late 80s. I've got my mom on the hunt for a pick. 
I'd like to submit Abby Broyles for a Flip It Blue segment. She's a Democrat running in a very red Oklahoma place. In the face of all of the Trump fans we have here, she is persisting. Fun fact, I just actually looked this up today. We had Abby Broyles on in October of 2020. The episode was called Erotic Election Fan Fiction. Frank Faglusi was also a guest, so uh, we would love to have her back. We will reach out. Anyway, Elizabeth goes on to say, here's some pics for pet tax. Allison, I share your love of Halloween. It's even my wedding anniversary. I'm, co- I'm a costume contest winner three years in a row and plan to continue my dynasty. The Joker was 2021. Mad Hatter was 2020. Beetlejuice was 2019. Oh, these are the best. I fucking love you. I love the news with swears. Obviously, keep being amazing. Look at these uh, outstanding costumes. They're fantastic. Oh, my God. Beetlejuice is amazing. Look at the setup all the way around it. I know. This is so much work. I love when people put energy in Halloween costumes like this. It makes me super happy. And you're adorable. This is so fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for bringing Abby back to our attention. Can't wait to have her back on as a guest. Thank you for kicking us off with that. And next up, we've got Mary, pronouns she and her. Dear Beans Queens, thanks so much for all the hard work, passion, and vulnerability you bring to the ring of hell. That is our <laughs> that is our current events. I'm all, all I know. oh. <laughs> You've helped me stay informed without having a panic attack since way back in the early MSW days. I'm excited to finally have some good news to write in about. Last week, I finished graduate school applications for master's in landscape architecture programs at five different schools. I started this process, which included studying for and taking the GRE at the beginning of summer last year. I've been a ceramic artist for the past 10 years, so this is a big leap of faith for me to go back to school in my mid-30s and change careers. You educated and dynamic people helped inspire me to jump. Hmm. Fingers crossed for acceptance letters. You're going to get them, Mary. You're going to get them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Totally. Attached as pet tax are Jet, the pup, Garnet, the kitty. You're welcome to guess just Jet's breed, but I only have guesses myself. So if you can find the kitty in the first picture, see if you can. Sending love and gratitude your way. Mary, congratulations. Now let me look. Yeah. First of all, Garnet is my birthstone. It's my birthday. Happy nice. birthday to me. Did I say and Garnet or Garnet? I think you I said, said Garnet. I did? Okay. Yeah, you got it. And uh, awesome. Landscape architecture. I'm about to embark on doing that just for my own one yard. But yeah, I I didn't start my PhD in healthcare. Like I changed my career when I was like 36. Yeah. You know? uh, honestly, Mary, when you were writing and you were like, oh, you know, it's hard to think about changing, you know, my career in my mid 30s. I was like, mid 30s. You got plenty of time, honey. I didn't even start my career. So my look at this beautiful kitty. I see. I see the kitty. I see how much is that kitty in the window. Uh, also beautiful family. And you, all oh. three of you are gorgeous, including the dog, which I oh. would. Huh. So this dog, what do you think? I would say there's Black Lab. What is um, Tramp from Lady and the Tramp? What is he? Uh, that's a good question. That's what this looks like. Yeah, I, I like think a, there's probably Black Lab, there's Terrier in there, but only because I'm looking at the snout and all of the whisker and the furs. Kind of oh, and I can hear you frantically Googling what is Tramp, which is going to bring up some very odd Google <laughs> answers. <laughs> oh, I didn't need to know that. What breed is Tramp? <laughs> um, Don't hit images. Oh, that's right. Lady was purebred. Tramp is a mixed breed dog. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> That's probably, right. yep, I can't call the dog slut. So, you know, it's a, it's a children's movie. 
So, so mixed yeah. breed, they had to call her Tramp. So cute. Maybe a little schnauzer. Or him, kind I of guess a I should say. Terrier. Ah, it's just adorable. Anyway, I'm wonderful. the only one Thank laughing at these jokes, story. and I'm okay no, with I that. Got it. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, it's Next me. Up. No, it's you. Is it me? <laughs> it's me. Okay. It's you. Next up from uh, anonymous pronouns, <laughs> she and her. <laughs> Today, you know, it's my birthday. Oh, people, just go, just go with us. Yeah, just, you know what? Let go. And just come along. <sighs> come along. You'll feel much better. From anonymous pronoun she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. First, thank you so much for your entire staff that worked so hard. To, what is what? <laughs> because I was going to say there's a lot of TDs in the next submission, but only you and I can see the script and there's a lot of TTs. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much to your entire staff that worked so hard to put this show together. I've thanked AGDGAC, but never the behind the scenes folks. The show has been a part of my TTT, which is Trump trauma therapy. Second is my personal growth area. Uh, This is a photo. I've always said I kill plastic plants. Like that's, I guess she's saying she has a brown thumb. But as it turns out, my Trump trauma therapy has helped me find my green thumb. I set a goal to learn something new while working from home. As you can see from my photo, my green therapy has been successful. Or maybe the plants just like your show too. Hello, plants. For my pet tax, I give you my sweet Siamese angel balancing on the armrest and Chloe, a.k.a. Jabba the gut. Oh my God, this is cute. There's a lot of oxygen in that room. Those plants are beautiful. Yeah, you're doing a good job. I, I never thought I was good at plants too, but I just finally got a couple. Of- Look at the third photo of Jabba the, <laughs> of Jabba the gut. That hat Man. is also very upset about being body shamed in this photo. <laughs> the Siamese is all, I'm beautiful. And then you get to Jabba and he's like, fuck you. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Moving on to this one. Oh, I just saw the pictures. Oh, I know. <sighs> all right. This is from Amber pronouns. She and her misheard lyrics just this morning while quietly singing along to the daily beans theme song. It dawned on me that the lyrics are news with swearing, not news. We're hearing. Despite being a very long-time listener, SM follower, and website visitor, so embarrassing, shaking my head. Pod Pet Tax, Gracie the Chunk, and Remy the Baby. Maisie, our Torty, and her sons, whoops, Ronan, DK Gray, and Loki, LT Gray. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, babies. All these animals are so sweet. Look at the cuddly kitties all in a pile. Cat pile. Cat pile indeed. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Finally, from Emily, she, her correction, correction sandwich. First of all, the compliment. Thank you for pronouncing Raleigh correctly. Everyone jacks it up. I hope I just did it again right. You know, sometimes I change things. Correction. My time has finally come. I know I can't be the only person who listens to corrections and thinks, damn, I should have known that. On Monday's episode during the interview with Ellie Honig, AG mentioned Raleigh, South Carolina. As a resident of Raleigh, North Carolina, my ears perked up. I rewound to make sure I heard it right. Small detail, but I was happy that I could finally join in the corrections club. If only the Oath Keepers weren't active in my city. Oh, goodness. Sigh. Oh, my God. Did I really say Raleigh, South Carolina? I was clearly not on that episode or I would have said something. (laughs) Ellie didn't say anything. What the fuck, Ellie? (sighs) New Yorkers, I swear. (laughs) And then the final compliment. This podcast contains only A-plus dick jokes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's nice. It's nice. Uh, Well, this has been a great show. 
And uh, <sighs> everybody, just hang on to your hats. Hang on to your pink pussy hats because I think it's gonna it's gonna get interesting over the <laughs> over the next. I would say three months are gonna be just as tastic. Yeah. But I don't want to get anybody. I don't want to be you know flying monkey hope porn whatever person. Uh, I'm just you know. It just feels that way to me. So yeah, no, I agree. And on a a, a final thought, what? No. <laughs> um, for those of you that saw the story in the New York Times, I just want to reiterate the good news around you know this virus because we got to look at the positive is that Omicron is drastically dropping in the major major cities that have already had spikes. I think New York dropped like fifty percent in cases in one day. So stay vigilant, stay masked, be careful. You can still get out of this one unscathed but the numbers are getting better and hopefully we'll be able to get back out and, and, and live a little more of our uh, outside lives again soon. So just keep taking care of yourself, especially on February, February 9th, 9th in New York. That's going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be a safe night because everyone in the city already got it. So basically everyone's immune and whoever's not immune, hopefully dodged a bullet there. So there you go. And February 9th is a big day. We will be joined by Congressman Adam Schiff. Nice. On the Daily Beans that day to discuss midnight in Washington and why we do not have the luxury of despair. I'm so very much looking forward to that. This is like the biggest get except for like Mary Trump and, and actually everyone else who's been on the show because now they're going to listen and say, what the fuck? Yeah. Adam's fantastic. Yeah. He's just, you know, same as everybody else, but I'm very much looking forward to speaking with him because I think historically speaking, he's going to be in some books. Oh yeah. That he didn't write. <laughs> Absolutely. You know I mean. Or didn't have ghosts written about him. Anyway, that's the show, everybody. Until tomorrow, uh, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been 48-year-old Allison Gill. And I've been the happy birthday deliverer, Dana Goldberg. Happy birthday, my friend. Love you much. Thank you. Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.